From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 234, and today I'm joined by director Gavin Michael Booth. Gavin's most known for his multi-award-winning film, Last Call, which is available on many VOD services. And we're going to sit down and watch a holiday classic together. So we're sitting down to watch Krampus. I'm Jeremy, and I have seen this film a couple times, but I was late to it. I only saw it for the first time a couple of years ago. And I'm sitting down with... Gavin Booth. And uh, and this is so is this a film that you've wanted to see or you kind of knew about and forgot about? Def definitely want to see. Uh I just find in this day and age the uh the watch list is ever is growing ever long. And it just feels like some movies just keep getting further and further away out of reach. So yeah. your your you, podcast just helps me keep crushing, you know, movies that keep slipping through the cracks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to start too. I just had this immense list and it's like this will at least force me to sit down at least once a week although i'm yep. pretty good i watch a couple hundred movies a year That's um crazy but I, I uh, wish i did that anymore what like do you actually keep a physical list i don't i was just complaining to somebody the other day because they're like what have you been watching lately and i was like i i don't remember and i need to start like a letterbox or just something just to keep letterbox everything is great yep. Letterboxd, I highly recommend that site. I always call it Letterboxd. I've never heard someone refer to it with, with just with, without using the ED. Because okay. it's Letterboxd without the ED. So I never, I've never thought to call it Letterboxd. I think that's what it's supposed to be. I'm sure it is. That way makes more, way more sense than the way I have been always referred to it as Letterboxd. I mean, I think we just settled the debate on if it's a meme or a, a, a meme. So I think we're, you know, we're, we're safe to call it Letterbox or Letterbox D. That's, Either way. yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know, it's a site where you can basically keep track of what you watch and mm-hmm. create a wish list as well. It's also great because it's paired with this other website called Just Watch that yeah. um, can, will show you where things are in your region. Um, which is great for indie filmmakers like you and I, for people to find our films or to get a, to look outside of the typical criticism channels to, to make decisions on movies they want to see. Exactly. It's great. Cause you can curate lists, you can mm-hmm. share them with others, you can rank things. Uh, I love it. Cause I used to keep a journal of every single movie I watched. Yeah. Uh, and, and I always keep a list. I do like one of those Soderbergh lists where I write down, Every time I watch a, a, an episode of a show or a read a book, just because I'm curious, I just like to keep track of my content. I don't know yeah. why. No, uh, it's a good thing because I, I get in those conversations all the time. I just sit there, um, hmm, and I can't remember what I watched ever. But it's also a great place to get recommendations too. 
Yeah. Uh, so I highly recommend that site. There's a pro account where you can get nerdy stats, but there's also just okay. a simple, a simple free one as well. Uh, and it's good cause you can just keep a watch list on it. Have you, have you seen where you rank on the top 100 Canadian films of all time yet? Letterboxd? No. Somebody, somebody pointed out that I was on there one day and I was like, the fact that I'm anywhere on this top 100 list, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be there. Yeah. I'm sure between now and the time we, we start recording the second part of the, the, the episode, I will, I will look that up because I'm, uh, I'm very curious now to see if I'm on that list. That would be fun. So um, what about this movie uh, made you want to watch? Are you interested in this movie? Or is this because it's one of those My ones you giant, want to take off? You know, giant genre genre film fan uh i know that adam scott is in it i'm a fan yeah. of his i actually don't know that much about the movie I, I know the basic gist and i love twisted christmas movies so you know my, my favorite christmas movies are, are bad santa and gremlins and die hard i know that one's arguable if it's christmas or not but the, it's christmas adjacent yeah, yeah christmas adjacent but all, all of the all of the the twisted christmas movies so every year finding one or two new twisted christmas movies to put in there is ideal so this is hope, hoping to enjoy this enough that it becomes part of the uh, annual tradition i don't want to um what's the word i'm looking for i don't want to like set your expectations anywhere but i yeah. feel like it has a good chance at becoming a candidate on that list. Awesome. awesome. It's pretty, uh, it's super fun, dark. Uh, and it's, and it's the kind of thing, even I, I showed it to my son last year and, and it, he was totally fine with it. Didn't freak him out. Didn't it, it, it reminded me of like gremlins when I was a kid. Awesome. Like it was, it's kind of like, that's the, what those are the movies. I, you know, I, I, I do find myself watching a lot of like art house award winners and, and, and all of these things that are always on my list. And then there's just all the the fun entertainment. Other than Marvel, I keep up pretty regular with the Marvel movies. Uh, we're gonna miss the Spider-Man trailer recording this tonight, by the way. And then um, you know, uh, I, but yeah, I, I don't I don't make a lot of time to just watch fun fun movies, which which are equally important to me. But somehow they always get bumped down the list. Yeah, I try uh, to keep I try to keep it balanced. I'm avoiding the Spider-Man trailer. Uh, because okay. I just find they're telling everyone everything about that movie and I'm sick of all the sport. I already Fair. know too much about that movie. Yes. So I don't even know if I'll actually watch the trailer. I Although always I tell people will. this, like I knew that the Titanic sank and I still went to go see that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with spoilers, but yeah, tra- trailers in general these days are, are just back in that mode of giving everything away. And yeah. then you sit in the movie theater and you're like, you get to like the last 20 minutes. You're like, Oh, this is the only thing I don't know about this movie. Exactly. And I get that's a tactic. They just want to sell a seat. That's all they need to do. They don't care if you, you know yeah. enough going in, but well, most like the second, third trailer, the TV commercials are designed for the average people at home and not the film nerds that have already consumed so much information or from the day the, the project was announced, we've read it in the trades and all of our friends have posted on social media about it. It's to get the people that go like, Oh, they don't know there's a new Spider-Man movie until that last minute or, or get those undecided consumers to be like, Oh, this character's in it. Okay. I'm definitely going. That's fair. That's, that's a fair, fair point. <laughs> fair point. Uh, well, without further ado, since you're looking forward to a, a new fun movie and, and not yes, an art yes. house classic, although I will say this film's beautiful to look at. It's definitely not an art house classic though. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, again, I don't know who shot it. I don't know who directed it. I literally know nothing about this movie going in other than I've heard that Adam Scott was in it. He is. I will yeah. confirm that. And he is fantastic. <laughs> It's, it's awesome. got, it doesn't, he's probably the, oh no, that's not true. There's like, there's another guy in there that you'll 100% recognize. 
Okay. Uh, um, yeah, it's got a solid, solid cast. Small, but a really, really good cast. Amazing. Well, I will, uh, I'm going to fire it up on Amazon Prime and see you. I don't even know how long it is. I'm going to assume roughly 90 minutes, 100 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it on Prime? That's where I saw it earlier. So I hope it's there to rent still. Okay, great. Because I couldn't see it for streaming somewhere. So I was going to potentially rent it through Apple. But if it's on Amazon Prime, that's what I will be doing I saw, as well. I saw it there earlier today for rent. I believe that's what I saw it on. So, yeah. this, right. is, this is the other problem with movies now where you're like, where is it? Where can I see it? How do I? I know. It? I haven't been good about keeping my, my library up to date because of it. Um, yes. Yeah. So the curse. All right. Well, let's dive in. Let's all go to the lobby. So we just finished and I I love this movie and it's one of these movies again I feel stupid for not having watched sooner. It's the perfect blend. I I didn't expect it to be so sort of almost almost like a family film where it can be enjoyed by all and it's just it's got elements of everything from like John Carpenter's The Fog, Stephen King's The Mist with like the the storm keeping them inside and yeah, I get the Gremlins reference when you get the gingerbread men running around and all this. Well, just this, yeah. the Gremlins is more just the sense. Yeah, I guess the sense of all the different creatures and, and it's not just like one thing, but also the Gremlins and just it feels like a genre mashup. Yeah. And the family film yeah. aspect. Yeah, because, you know, there's definitely elements of like the Griswolds in there and, and Cousin Eddie is the, uh, you know, the, the the relatives coming over. even The Home Alone sort of house and vibe to the All-American Christmas just honestly awesome and uh i didn't realize it was uh is it mike dowry mike dowry yeah dirty yeah dirty yeah. his he because he did trick-or-treat was which was excellent trick-or-treat and then yeah. after this and then it was like the only film he's made since then was uh not godzilla versus kong although i think he has a writing credit he's a writer on, it. on that yes yeah, but he made credit. the previous one um the King of the Monsters, I think, was his. Okay. Baby. Oh, that's right. That's right. But yeah. he went from this to that, which is yeah. a pretty big step up, considering this is, uh, you know, not this is not a low budget. I mean, it's not a huge budget movie, but it's it's pretty contained. It's a chamber piece by all yeah. accounts, with the exception of, you know, that opening that awesome opening credit scene that takes place at like a Black Friday esque event inside yeah, of a shopping yeah. mall. Uh, it all takes place inside the house. It's really contained. Yeah, and just the stuff at the very end, the set piece at the end, out out in the snow. But yeah, I love yeah, there, and, and and hooray for practical effects. You know, obviously there's some digital effects in there too, but very very well blended and, and favoring practical wherever they could. Yeah, like the the, the gingerbread men are all CGI, yeah, yeah, seemingly, but they blend in. It, it doesn't take away, and yeah, it feels it has that old fashioned feel, but also makes it creepy. I also like the in a Ghostbusters sort of way of the there's all these other monsters they're going to face before the big bat arrives, you know, because, uh, you know, holding back on Krampus and really only getting a sense of they she sees Krampus on the roof very early on in the movie. And then just running across, so terrifying. It's like, yeah, what the fuck and is then, this thing? And then the the brilliant use of sort of the I think it's computer animation, but then to look like stop motion of the the, the grandmother telling the story of her childhood and seeing Krampus as yeah. the shadow figure. I love that great that flashback sequence. Yeah, I, I I 
this movie's great. The cast is great. I didn't I didn't know Tony Collette was the was the wife in it. I totally I, the, the other person I was thinking was David Cochner. I totally forgot yeah. that Tony Collette was the wife and um and the sister is was on the first season of Fargo. Allison something I can't remember her name. That's who she is. Allison, yeah, she's the daughter on on Fargo. The first yeah. season, yeah. She, and and she's then the fantastic. daughter in the movie is Bear on Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I recognize her right away. She's great. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic, fantastic cast. cast. Yeah, yeah. And and everybody very well written story, like nothing cheesy or corny. Like it, it's really written with earnest and everyone in the family, every, every character in that movie has something to contribute to the ongoings. And, and then of course that awesome uh, ending, you know, the sort of twist ending, you know, as, Just, as it yeah. pulls, pulls back through Krampus's like layer with all of the, the snow globes where that you think that they're safe, but they're actually have been trapped in time. Yeah. Well, that's just it. It's like, let's, I mean, we can just start with the ending because I've, I have different thoughts on the ending, different feelings with the ending. Cause for me, it feels like one of the, you know, it's, it's that typical curse movie. Yeah. You know, the person makes the wish they shouldn't have made and, and then it comes true. And so the rules of this world are somewhat confusing to me because you like the idea that it's all happening to the family and almost like this storm that's outside is not really happening. All the neighbors are fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like really it's just, everything's an extension of their imagination. But then the thing, the rule that the thing that defies that, or maybe it doesn't is the idea of like coming across this DHL guy who's frozen in his truck. And it's like, well, that guy has nothing to do with their family or their yeah. narrative. So if that was just taken out, the whole thing would have worked better for me. You could still have the snow plow there, but don't have to have him in it or anyone in it. It's just, yeah. just play the idea that it's just like, cause for me, otherwise it kind of, I don't know what the rules of I'm, 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 I'm if you have the rules of the world and if it's just affecting their family and their people. Um, cause it, it is very possible that they're almost have been in the snow globe from the onset of it. And this is just, you know, and that that would be the explanation why no one else is there because, like, their sort of house and their world is now isolated inside of this. Yeah. Snow globe well, it already. makes sense that it doesn't happen until the, the the wish gets cast by by the kid, which yes. is the result yeah. of that awesome family dinner. Like that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of dysfunctional family films, and so yeah. that family that family dinner is just like it just sets up all the characters very very well. And, and using Max's letter as a catalyst to have him just describing what he thinks yeah. about everyone in and, a way that he's that's, got almost the, the Kevin McAllister. I hate you. I hate you. You know, like, and, and storms off and, and then, you know, his wish comes true. Yeah. yeah. It really does. Like the way you, uh, you kind of like notice all the different hits. Like it's almost like they made a list of all the different great Christmas movies. And we're like, let's steal a little bit from every single one. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for like a BB gun to come out and save the day at some point. Well, they got a shotgun. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So the, so the gun is there from Christmas story. Nobody licks anything gets stuck. See, Oh, you could do a horror treatment with that though. It it was interesting that a watch movie where like, damn, is is the daughter dead? The dad's dead. Wow. People are dying in this movie. But then of course it all pays off that he, faces off with Krampus and, and, and is willing to sacrifice himself to have, to have everyone back. Yeah. Yeah. They just, yeah. I love that. The first time I saw it, I was just so blown away by 
how quick and fast everyone suddenly starts dying at the end. But then it also made me go, oh, this is all going to be a dream or this is going to get undone. There's no way. There's a magical element that can be undone. Yeah. Yeah, It's similar to one, you know, at the end of uh, infinity war, it's like when you make that many superheroes disappear, those fuckers are coming back. I'm not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they were good to, you know, they were good to get rid of a few of them permanently. And I wondered with this, if they were going to do that, would there be like somebody who does like the, uh, the cousins getting like, eaten by those by the toys in the attic like god that was awesome yeah like just when they go up there and you see the legs sliding down the gullet of this thing like that was awesome (laughs) yeah fantastic but it's it but so your interpretation of the ending is that they're not safe nothing's been undone they're just now all trapped inside of the snow globe yes there there will be a sequel where they have to jump from globe to globe and enlist the help of other families to, to rise up and and shout like halloween kills evil dies tonight you know <laughs> oh god halloween kills what a, without okay spoiler on halloween kills without taking a major detour into that yeah, yeah. what what a sharp turn from that that great 2018 2018 relaunch. was a really really good relaunch of this and and i will say this I need to see the third one since it's this I'm design trilogy. Just to, I, but but maybe maybe this has a bit more context when when the third one's there. I doubt it. It feels I'll, like I'll, such a, a yeah. weird hallway. Like I'll, a, I'll, I'll reserve yeah. judgment. Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis should have just been passed out in the hospital bed the entire time and woken up to find out all this news to to motivate the third movie of like not on my watch. But That's just it. Is. Different I get <laughs> anyway, but uh, that was a, a, the disappointment of the of the fall for me. That film, uh, yeah, yeah, but that yeah, Krampus. What else? I, I jotted some uh, kitchen fights. Fantastic. Those snowmen are fan, are brilliant. Yeah, just like just, just, that creepiness of it. Like it's getting closer and more more showing up. Like getting closer. Just that idea that it's there. And you know, Max is very smart. He's like, well, who built it? And it's everyone else in the family was like, whatever. This is a snowman doesn't mean anything i always like movies where it's the kid the kids are the first to be aware or definitely more aware of what's happening than their parents where the parents well, are kind of oblivious until the you know the shit hits the fan and, and i will say as as a parent now i think there are certain things my kids bring things up and i slush it off to their mm-hmm. face but and, and not that the movie shows this element it would have been nice if they did but there's sometimes when my kids are like, why is that happening? What's going on? I'm like, eh, it's no big deal. And I'm, and I'm secretly going, oh, fuck, what the hell is that? <laughs> but I don't want them to yeah. worry. But we don't see that moment where the, the parents are freaked out by the snowman either, initially anyway. But I, like I just think of, I, I always wonder, like, you know, sometimes actors don't get the entire script. And I just love, I love the character building of like the, you know, the, the repugnant uh, aunt's that when the, the kids are going up upstairs, like, why are you so afraid? Like, like I don't want to be up here, but like, aunt, aunt, what's her name? Like clog the toilet downstairs. She's like, I always wonder if that's like a thing where the actors are aware that the scenes they're not in are also disparaging their characters further, you know? <laughs> I, I think a good actor loves that. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's, 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 but it's, I love that. Like it just ev- everything in the movie, every line spoken, when a movie's done right, it's all building towards just always strengthening the characters and the plot. And, and you know, the fact that she's sort of, you know, gross and, and, and the black sheep of the family. And then the fact that because of her clogging the toilet forces them to go upstairs. Like, it's just great. It's really well, really well thought out. Really yeah. Well it's, th- there's 
for the most part, like every character's doing like the smartest thing their character would do at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got some like the, you know, the, the cousins aren't the brightest of characters. They're kind of the, uh, you know, it's, it's very much what, what I like about this movie too, is it's very much uh, playing into tropes of family to some extent. So you've got like the, yeah. the liberal, the, the right wing and the left wing family members thrown together at Christmas, which is a recipe for conflict and disaster. And, well, there's that joke too when they're on the porch taking like, why do rich people get all get all the free stuff? Goes like, I don't know, probably the liberals or something. Just some throwaway line, yeah. The free, <laughs> probably Krampus. the Democrats. Sorry, yeah. The free Krampus bag full of creepy creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just it. And but so it has all these tropes, but it also kind of defies them in a weird way. Like it, it, it I don't know. It it works despite that, and part of that is just good casting. Yeah. Um, it's it's underplaying them and just letting them like be there on the surface without like hitting them too hard because there's there's definitely a version of this movie where you dial all those things up a bit and it just ruins it. Yeah, but I think this, to your point, it dances the line really well by still kind of being a weird dark fairy tale. You know, it still feels like a, a family film. You know, not yeah. something that I think you can show little little kids. But no, but like twelve and up or something. I think for sure. With it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my son's was saw uh, last year when he was eleven, and he and and he was sitting there like a little creeped out, but in the yeah. way that he was really digging it. But in that fun way, the fun where it's fun to be scared and it's not not overly terrifying. Well, even he popped down while I started watching it, and I was like, "It's your bedtime." But he could have easily stayed. Uh, and just that moment, I remember the first time he saw it. That moment when the the uh, the, the cousin, the son. Uh, bites into the gingerbread's head, and my son just being like, "That's not going to end well." <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do love the dog saving saving the day at the one yeah. bit with the, with the gingerbread man. Uh, yeah, all all of that's great. Yeah, just the, just the kid eating eating the gingerbread man with the, still the the hook and the chain coming out the back of it up the chimney, and all that, and 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 really like you know you know you know grandma knows something's up, uh, but but even also just uh, you know her not speaking English and setting up the, the, the myth of, of Krampus, you know, and that, that their family, you know, their family started somewhere else in, 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 you know, Europe and then immigrated to the United States. And that, that's how you get the Krampus creature in America. Well, they definitely play that, uh, that cliche of the, uh, the old woman who only speaks English when the backstory is required because they don't want that much. They don't want to subtitle. (laughs) But but or or but but also setting up for some humor that what else is the family especially the uh, you know the the brother in law and, and sister said about her or to her face not knowing for sure if she speaks English or not <laughs> yeah 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 exactly well it's not even that first shot like when they're showing that uh, when it comes out of uh, the uh, what's the Christmas movie playing is it is it Scrooge. I think it's Scrooge playing off the top. Anyway, uh, it pulls back and shows that that just like swath of cookies. And mm-hmm. uh, it's all Austrian, like traditional Austrian yeah. kind of okay. uh, Christmas yeah, cookies. Catch that, but yeah. So it kind of sets up that from the get-go in a nice way. Um, just all those little details I really, really enjoyed. Uh, you know, the, the creepy aunt using a, a candy cane to stir her booze coffee that yeah, she yeah, willingly yeah. willingly feeds the kids 
I'm going to teach you how to make peppermint schnapps, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm going to make it this year. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You've learned something new. The movies have brought you real life, practical, uh, practical enjoyment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It surprised me. You hadn't seen this one because it sound, it felt like it was right up your alley. It's, it's amazing how many movies I should have seen. I just, and this one, I haven't even seen the trailer. It's oh, just so a movie good. that I know that exists and, I'm trying to think I was I was living in Toronto when it came out. There's just there's zero reason for me to have not seen it other other than the the pile effect of there's just so much stuff to yeah. watch. You know? it, flew, it flew beneath my radar until just a couple of years ago because so many people had said enough times like, oh, you got to watch, you got to watch. It's great. Like a buddy of mine, Ken Cooperus, who's on the podcast a lot, uh, said that it's like one of his family's classic Christmas movies now. And so. I uh, I was like, I got to finally watch this damn thing. And so I finally sat down and watched it, I think, three or four years ago. And the same as you, it's just like, why the, how did I miss this? Like, this is, yeah. this is now almost required viewing every year. And beautifully shot. Like, it feels like a much bigger studio movie than a $15 million, you know, because $15 million for the studios is pretty low budget, but they they pull off a lot. Yeah, and it's like, all studio. The look stu- the film is amazing. That's just it. It's all studio shooting. So it's mm-hmm. easy to control that way. And then just dealing with the, but even like you look at those street, the street scenes and it's like, prop, I bet you most of that's studio too. Yeah. It's a, you know? or, or back lot somewhere. And then they've just, uh, most of the snow's digital, but in, in that way where it doesn't, it's so close to the camera and out of focus as it's whizzing by that it doesn't feel like it's. That's just it. And because, and, and the beauty of like using this concept that the storm is so, engrossing you don't need to have like deep backgrounds you know it's easy just yeah. like it's like it's just a studio wall and there and they've just built the first like two feet of most of the houses because yeah. the rest of, the rest of it just falls off into the background right uh, I, would, I would guarantee it's one of the back lots in la somewhere that they shot it yeah i think they shot in new zealand actually oh really okay yeah um tax credits yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe um because I think I just remember reading somewhere that that opening sequence was shot in those New Zealand mall. And I'm like, well, why would they shoot it in a mall in New Zealand unless they shot the whole movie there? Yeah. Uh, which would, which would I, make sense. It's like, it's easy. They what's, probably, what's the name of the store? I didn't know the, the Walmart esque store that they're at at the beginning. It had a, it had a fun name. I, li- I like, I like sort of parody store names in movies. Yeah. I, I can't remember it. I'd have to look good. it again. Yeah. Something uh, to summarize gluttony perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of your um, Christmas go-tos that you, you got to watch every year? Uh, Die Hard, Gremlins, Bad Santa is number one every year. Uh, all the, the animated classics, of course, they're the Rudolphs and, the, and Frosty the Snowman. And I found one a couple of years ago. Have you seen Better Watch Out, the horror movie? No. It's like funny games meets home alone. What? But with a with a wicked dark sense of humor. Yeah, you'll have to check out Better Watch Out. Uh, it's going on my list right um, now. That's a great pitch. Yeah, and I only so last year was the first time that I saw It's a Wonderful Life. So I, I'm I'm working my way through all the original Christmas classics. I mean, this year I plan on finally seeing White Christmas and. A couple we just of the did. Others. I just did White Christmas the first time last year. I was the same. Like, but thanks to the podcast, I finally ticked off so many of these these uh, classic classics. Like, I hadn't seen It's a Wonderful Life too. I hadn't yeah. seen um, 
uh, White Christmas and Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen the remake of Miracle on 34th Street the, from like the 90s, yeah. but I've never seen the original. So that's oh, the original is to... super charming and fun. Yeah, I, I mean, watching It's a Wonderful Life, I'm like I I get it. I teared up at the end. Like I totally get why people have loved this movie for generations. But uh, it, that yeah. one's a weird Christmas movie too because I the thing that surprised me the most about watching that movie the first time was how little Christmas was actually involved in it. It's really mm-hmm. just the third act. And the rest of it is just a regular movie. Yep. Uh, yeah, you that, get the school dance and, and everything else before, and then just happens to be Christmas during this uh, this third act. final act. Yeah, but it could I have like, been... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, what I don't ever watch are the movies that employ all of our friends, the uh, the Hallmarky type movie of the week Christmas movies. No. I think, I, I think I've successfully never watched a single one. I I I have not. There's just so many of them. Yeah, uh, and they're and but they think I think they're like, you know, they're designed to be just disposable entertainment. You know, yeah. From, from well, what I nothing, listen, there's nothing wrong with them. There's obviously an audience for them, where they wouldn't make so many every year. Oh, they churn them out. Oh, people <laughs> love them. Well, I think it's because those stations. It's what it's it's those people that leave their house, their TVs on, like people leave radios on. Yeah. So they're just playing all day long during the holidays. And so they just leave that channel on. And so that way, it's while just they're part of setting the mood for Christmas as much yeah, as Christmas music is. Yeah, exactly. I have a friend that made um, a film called Cup of Cheer uh, last year. Uh, is if that you the want comedy movie. It's a comedy and it's a, it's almost like a satire on all those Hallmark I, movies. I, I watched it when they were like still taking notes in, a, in an early like rough cut version and uh, and and thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty well done. And they did that movie for no money. Yeah, Daniel Everett Locke, who shot it, the DP, I've worked with on a, a couple of shorts and music videos. Yeah. Yeah. No, they did uh, they did a great job. Uh that, that that team, um, I was really impressed by, but what they pulled together for very very little, and and kind of how they nailed that uh, that format. It's funny. I have a friend that writes those things, and she mm-hmm. was just talking about the process, and just like, and literally, she gets a, like a bible. It's almost like here are the beats, here are the things. Make sure this, make sure that. Yeah, do this here. And I was like, huh, there's something that would be almost as a fun challenge to to have that and be like, all right, I'm going to create something. Uh, and just and play within those rules. But I yeah. think I might also hate it. <laughs> I, I, have, I have avoided it much like I've generally avoided uh, commercial work. And, and it, it almost sounds like you can almost hear my ascot being put over my shoulder as I talk. But it's, it's, not, it's not pretension. It's just knowing that I will hate making those kind of projects. So I just, I just stay away because I will... I will have a miserable time. I'll probably do less than a stellar job than the client would want because my heart's not in it. And I just, I just have to stay 10 feet away from those projects. I think that's it for me too. Cause I feel like all, like I know those things are just like, they're shot so quick. They have like the 12, mm-hmm. the 10, 12 day schedule, which I've shot films on those schedules before too. Yep. But it's also the kind of thing I feel like everyone there is, is just there. It's like, it's a day job for everyone. And I'm going to be, and I, it's just one of those things where I'm going to see people not caring as much yeah. about the film. And it's like, I, that's not how I run my sets. Like I want everyone there to like be willing to lay down for the project and be as invested in it as I am. And yeah, I feel like every, everyone like, needs to want to go to your summer camp. You know, they want to, they, they need to be there and, and hopefully creatively bring out the the best and, and 
really be part of that team effort to like, you know, quote, unquote, I don't watch a lot of sports, but win the Super Bowl, win the Stanley yeah. Cup. You know, you want a team that's going to like train hard, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, feel, I, and, I and maybe I, I, I'm just assuming this and I shouldn't, but I assume that on those sets, that's not the vibe. The vibe is like, that's not this kind of thing. We're just, we it's, come in, we I go mean, out. The general, we, in talking with anybody who makes them, generally speaking, it's like, yeah, we're, we're making movies, but you know, they're, they're not coming home from being like, man, the shot we pulled off today and the performance that this person gave in, oh my God, I can't wait to see how this all comes together. You know, it's just, it's, it's creating content, you know? Yeah. And I guess for me, I'm like, I never want it to feel like a job, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I think that at that point, it just feels like I'm not going to give it my, it's just hard to give it your all. Anyway, we don't need to keep labor so on Mike, it. So director of Krampus has tackled Christmas perfectly. Trick or treats an amazing Halloween movie. Uh, like, is he the guy you hire to do like a, a leprechaun reboot or like what's his next, what's the next holiday? He it takes looks on? like yeah. he has something to do with the Hellraiser TV series. Oh, that's the one that's keeping like the original pinhead story. Cause I know they're doing a remake movie with a female actress playing the scent like the pinhead centibite now but i think it's like the chucky thing where they did a movie remake but now the chucky series directly ties into all of the past movies oh interesting yeah i i, I haven't yeah. seen the chucky series yet but i i, I know it's on but i i know there were, there was a conversation about re- i i just watched hellraiser for the first time for the uh i i, I heard because uh i i saw your guest on uh saturday in hamilton yeah he was talking about it yeah oh <laughs> small world yes yes uh and and having that conversation of like why did people like this movie back then (laughs) it's such a weird movie i mean listen i saw that movie way too young because if it came out in 87 if i'm correct there i was nine when i watched it for the first time so not not the target audience but uh my my parents let me watch damn near anything but i did i did love it and if you ever get to it Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is one of those sequels that actually adds a heck of a lot and does almost a better job than the first movie. I will I will consider does it does it tie into the first story? Yes, very much so. Oh. Yeah, it's like a pretty direct continuation. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I will I will I will suss it out at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. All you need to know is the uh the pin headline of like Kirsty says to him like I didn't open the boxes. Oh, didn't open the box, Kirsty. What was it last time? Didn't know what the box was. You know, it's just like, yeah, it, it keeps her story going. But nice. Good. nice, 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 nice. Uh, any final thoughts on Krampus? I, I mean, anybody out there who hasn't watched this yet, like add it to your holiday list. It's, it's, um, it's just incredibly well made. More so than I thought, maybe. I thought this movie was going to be a little, a little cheesier. You know, you kind of, Sometimes you look at the cover and you're like, oh, okay, this creepy Santa movie. And and I just, I didn't expect it to have so much sort of charm. I didn't expect the caliber of cast that they had, uh, you know, because even their young cast is now working on these big Netflix shows and everything. So it, it's incredibly well cast. Um, yeah, just a, a, a lot of heart and a, and a good fun, like horror romp. Yeah. It's what's missing. I, you don't see a lot of movies like this anymore. We remember them all from the 80s. Everything sort of had this spirit and charm, but it, it, I find it to be more and more rare to find something this this well crafted. No, and that and that's the kind of films I love, and that's the kind of films I I aim to make because nobody is mm-hmm. making them; they're just not being made. 
unfortunately. And especially now, like it feel, almost feels like those kind of things are, are now just becoming limited series on TV. Yeah. Very um, true. More so than like, that's, you know, I tell you it's stranger things, right? Um, yeah. Sweet and, tooth. If sweet tooth had been a movie, it'd be, eh. but having eight episodes to tell it over gives them a lot more breathing room to, to flesh it out. Yeah. So, so there's hope that way for the, for those, those, those middle stories that, uh, and then it gives them, yeah, you say it gives it more, more chance for more character work too. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the strongest thing that the characters weren't sacrificed in this movie uh, at the just of the special effects and, and just the action plot, you know, it just, and, and then you, if you, Surprise, surprise, if you care about your characters, you care more about what's happening in the movie. Well, that's just it. It's like, it's one of those rare things where it's like, everything is working. Mm-hmm. There's not like a false thing going on here. It's just like a fantastic design, well cast, well written. It's like nobody seemingly dropped the ball here. Yep. It's one of those weird, weird rare miracle movies. So yeah, so I second it. If, if you haven't seen Krampus yet, although... Uh, weird that we've spo- we've spoiled everything for you, uh, so apologies <laughs> there. But that, that's kind of how this podcast rolls. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, and if you haven't watched it in a while, revisit it, uh, especially with some some you know some young young adults, some tweens. I think they'll they'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, I I, I already told my wife Sarah we we got to watch this. You know, yeah, I think you'll love it. And uh, yeah, this this movie. I, I imagine I don't know the history of this movie. I imagine it probably. Didn't do stellar at the box office, but did all right. But just every year, just keeps finding a new audience around the holidays. I think so. I think for sure. Like I don't, I, I don't really remember it coming out and it being on my radar then. But it's definitely like it, any good holiday movie doesn't get a ton of play throughout the year, obviously. But it, it's the gift that keeps on giving when it comes around because. It just builds up and it's like, oh yeah, I keep on meaning to get around to that. And, and this well, is we, one of those we, ones. We luck that, out every year, you know, even with our tiny little indie Canadian film, Scarehouse, because it's set on Devil's Night. Every Halloween, we end up making some list of like 10 best movies set in a haunted house, 10 best independent horror films. And it's eight years later where I expected nobody to ever find it anymore. And it just keeps slowly but surely bringing in like a new audience. And, and, and sometimes it's new platforms like Tubi, like things that didn't exist three years ago finds a whole new audience. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Krampus with the, the star power it has and the people behind it. And, uh, but then you, when I, you know, when you try to rank Krampus on Amazon, as I discovered, there's like eight Krampus knockoffs, yeah, like the yeah. low budget Krampus stories, uh, cause it's public domain, but, uh, you know, you can make sure you get the right Krampus 2015's Krampus. True. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got close to doing a Christmas movie a couple of years ago, but it didn't go through, uh, but I have yet to do, I, I'd love to do some kind of holiday movie at some point. I, I think I have a lot of fun. With I have, well, the minute we stop recording, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I have uh, in the, in the writing stages. Yeah. Oh, very exciting. <laughs> well, the only thing, the closest I got was when we were making how to plan an orgy. It was in late November. It was about to start snowing. Yeah. And my producer was like, we can make this a Christmas movie. And it's like, movie. I was like, we could, I, we were, we're shooting now and I haven't added any <laughs> Christmas. It feels like it's a bit late. To make that he doesn't decision, want an orgy for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that said, they approached me with that idea three months earlier. Uh, that might be a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, there's always a sequel, right? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've I had an idea recently, but I'm not sure about it. My but, my uh, sequel pitch would be how to plan an orgy for your whole town. For your oh, yeah. there you go for the whole town. <laughs> 
Nice. That's pretty good. That's a good sequel title too. I like it. Well done. All right. Well, I try. Thanks. Thanks for joining me, man. Of course. Happy to. Let's all go to the lobby. Thanks for joining us for Krampus. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby together.